Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we correct and dissect the TV advertisements that raised us, phased us, and even amazed us. I'm Al, and uh, if you're hearing this, I'm on vacay, baby. Wow, they're gone. They're out of here. I got a whole week off. I can't even be bothered to introduce my co-host, Courtney. <laughs> you don't need to. <laughs> I'll, I'll be here anyway. Tell tell us what you'll be doing on your vacay. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably some freelance work, actually. No. <laughs> Capitalism is bad. I know, but I like money I um, because then uh, once my needs are seen to, I can uh, donate it to other people that need money. <sighs> God. <laughs> Wham, wham. I'm going to use capitalism to help those who need it. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to work myself to death for other people's benefit. Don't be me, kids. <laughs> wow. I guess this whole podcast is about capitalism, huh? Huh. I guess it really is about... I guess we're, like, uplifting it and, like, talking about <laughs> it and letting it exist in a new space. Where we, you know, don't necessarily critique it. <laughs> I would say we critique it. Well, maybe in a non-sexual way. <laughs> Wait, can you critique something sexually? Yeah, we do. Oh, okay. All the time. Oh. Speaking of sexually, mm. tell me about a, tell me a story. Boy, are you barking up the wrong fucking tree. <laughs> With what I've got in store, we just no. we just recorded the horniest one. Yeah, uh, so uh, well, I'm I'm rough and ready. I'm gonna take that big member and I'm gonna just deflate it oh, immediately. No. Oh no! In 1945, mm -hmm. British science fiction author Arthur C. Clarke oh. came up with an idea for a worldwide communication system. Why? It consisted of three satellites launched into equally spaced orbits around Earth. This idea won him the Franklin Institute Stuart Ballantyne Medal. Wait, you could just have an idea and then win a medal? Yeah. That's bullshit. I have ideas all the time. Are I they good? Well, I don't have any medals. <laughs> so no. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Overall, the 1950s had a ton of great science fiction writers speculating in anthologies about the future of humanity and technology. People like Isaac Asimov, Ray Bradbury, Kurt Vonnegut Jr., C.L. Moore, and Agatha Christie. Oh, and J.J. Coupling. Hmm? Now, if you just had a little snicker to yourself, I'm right there with you. Oh, Coupling? You see, the name J.J. Coupling is obviously a pseudonym. Is it's it? a little joke, because um, as we all know, in atoms with bigger nuclear charges, spin-orbit interactions are frequently as large as or larger than spin-spin interactions or orbit-orbit interactions, and in that situation, each orbital angular momentum tends to combine with the corresponding individual spin-angular momentum, originating an individual total angular momentum, wow. and then these couple up... To form the total angular momentum represented wow. by the letter J, and facilitating calculation of this kind of interaction is known as a JJ coupling. Ow. You get it? Ow. You're going to have to bend over. <laughs> you get it? I got to give you a wedgie right now. You get it, though? It's In like, media res. It's like that's what it's called, but that was his name. You fucking nerd. <laughs> I'm going to fucking... I'll leave. Well, you're Look. not going to like the rest of this. Oh, no. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, J.J. Coupling was the author name of John R. Pierce, an American engineer, Caltech professor, and fellow Stuart Ballantine Medal recipient who coined the term transistor. Wait, John, what was it? John R. Pierce. That's a really cool author name. Yeah, but he didn't want 
all of his like Caltech and Bell Labs um, people to know that he was writing a science big fiction. nerd. They didn't well, know they obviously a big knew he's nerd. a big nerd, like a bigger nerd. <laughs> God, how big a nerd can you get? Well, he supervised the Bell Labs team that built the first transistor and coined the term, and he explained his choice of nomenclature to PBS like this. The way I provided the name was to think of what the device did, Mm. and at that time, it was supposed to be the dual of the vacuum cube. A vacuum cube had transconductance, so the transistor would have transresistance, and the name should fit in with the names of other devices, such as the varistor and thermistor, and I suggested the name Transistor. I have transresistance to this whole... (laughs) This whole thing and that I, you're pushing and on me. I have transconductance. <laughs> you sure do, and I hate it. Mm, I'm sorry. You're not sorry. <laughs> It'll get cool eventually. I guess so. As executive director of Bell's Research Communication Principles Division, Pierce oversaw the creation of Telstar One, oh. the first American communication satellite to transmit a live broadcast of television images between the U.S. and Europe. Now, okay, when you said Telstar One, I was thinking of the Terminator One. What's that one? <laughs> I thought that was Telstar. Like the movie Terminator well, One? <laughs> no, no, no. You, what the um, The company that accidentally made the terminators i think there was something like telstar oh god what were they called i don't know we're not that kind of nerd (laughs) but that that it kind of freaked me out there no telstar one was a a a satellite a communication satellite oh it was launched in 1962 Mm -hmm. just five years after sputnik oh and it was also the first privately sponsored space launch paid for by at&t oh my god Mm mm-hmm First of all, AT&T's around by then. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Second of all, that's the first privately. So we went from there to Mr. Bezos. <laughs> Mr. Bezos and Mr. Musk, oh two supervillains. Oh, my God. I hope they fight. Each other in space in yes. mechs? Yes. Not in mechs. They don't deserve mechs. No, you're right. No one don't. deserves those. I, I deserve a mech. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I want you in a mech. Uh, let have... sound off if <laughs> I deserve to drive a mech. Okay, because I'm pretty sure. I just think the power, the power will go to your head, my dude. No, 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 no. I'd be fine. Yeah, well. So Telstar One was 88 centimeters in diameter, or just under 35 inches for you Yanks. Same. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's everywhere. I have to coil it like a hose. <laughs> uh, and it also weighed 170 pounds. And well, for the first time in history, Telstar 1 allowed people to visually see what was happening on the other side of the world in real time. Oh. The images included the Statue of Liberty, Eiffel Tower, remarks from President John F. Kennedy, clips from a baseball game between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Chicago Cubs. Wow. And shots of the American flag waving in the breeze. America. <laughs> America, a place where you can be. <laughs> I I was talking to actually one of our listeners, and I had the horrible realization that every single piece of American propaganda song that was taught to me from age, like, grade two to grade 12 <laughs> is still in my brain. Oh, God. 
I got Pilgrim Song for days, oh, friend. Oh, no. And I don't know how they're in there. I don't know why they don't come out. I got so much other stuff to remember. <laughs> they're not They're not budging. Oh, I'm so sorry. I hate it. Telstar 1 remained active for seven months until its communication channels were knocked out by radiation from Starfish Prime. He- what? What? Hello? Starfish Prime? That's like a DC Marvel-like fucking <laughs> comic book supervillain. In fact, it was a W-49 thermonuclear warhead that was exploded 250 miles above Johnston Atoll as part of a series of high-altitude nuclear tests. Cool stuff, guys. They just you put them in. Nailed it. They just put them in the atmosphere, huh? We just explode it in space <laughs> and create these things called radiation belts around us, uh, around the Earth. Yeah. Ooh, maybe hit Bezos on the way back. <laughs> One can only hope. Wow. Did it? Did they do an oopsie, or they, were they aiming? Oh, it for was it? an oopsie. They oh, didn't. Okay. I don't, they didn't have any idea that that would happen. Oh wow! For any idea. <laughs> So here's the thing. We started off this ad creeps talking about some real thick nerds, and I hate every <laughs> single one of them, and I'd give them all swirlies, and they were, like, doing the cool stuff, like, blowing shit up. <laughs> and I'm, I'm back in, baby. Oh, well, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so Telstar 1 is still up there in orbit. Wow, good for her. Just spinning right round, right round the Earth. Yeah, we love to see it. Uh, up there, along with lots of other satellites that are functionally communicating all sorts of things. Wow. So we've got these things up in space. Yeah. Trying not to get nuclear exploded. And we know that they can show us the moving pictures. I love how it's like, we could just stop blowing shit up in space, but how dare you for even asking? No. They're up. They're trying not to get exploded. How do we get those pictures Mm. beamed down into our ding-dang living rooms? (gasps) A satellite in our homes. (laughs) Wait. Bunny ears? Are we going to talk about bunny ears? No, bunny ears oh. were for broadcast TV. Oh, not space TV. Not space TV. In 1976, H. Taylor Howard, a beloved professor emeritus of electrical engineering at Stanford and childhood ham radio enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. These nerds. Gotcha. This this thick with them. I'm stepping. They're all over. <laughs> Can't move for nerds up in here. Okay, what do you? Who would win in a fight? A childhood ham radio enthusiast or a childhood model train enthusiast? Oh, Sophie, trains. Sophie's you, choice. More hands on. I think. Oh yeah, that's true. They got they got to work with the tools, got, little tiny tools. Yeah. <laughs> um. So H. Taylor Howard, uh, he repurposed a military surplus satellite radar dish wow. by attaching a self-designed and built analog satellite receiver, proving that with the right equipment, satellite broadcast could be received in the average American home. Oh. In fact, it received both American and Soviet signals. <laughs> no. Whoops. <laughs> 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 The luxury of satellite TV didn't take long to reach the general public. The front cover of the 1979 Neiman Marcus Christmas catalog featured the first Uh home satellite TV station, including a 20-foot dish for (gasps) $36,000. Wait, 20-foot dish? Mm -hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? I am not. Neiman Marcus? They were big. All I can remember (laughs) about Neiman Marcus Christmas catalog is remember that one time where they had those cupcakes you could drive? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> what? what? What fucking Richard scary bullshit is this? They were like, ow, ow, ow. They were like these, I would call them six foot tall cupcakes. And you sat inside. I'm not making this up. And you could sit inside the cupcake and you put the frosting on your head. What? <laughs> I can't be making this up, right? I don't. I truly couldn't say, but it sounds incredible. It sounds Wait, like something I would have wanted. Newman Marcus Cupcake. There it is, folks. Oh, my folks. God. <laughs> the cupcake car. I thought you were talking about something from, like, the 80s. No, bro. It was, like, three years ago. <laughs> Okay, well, we're getting a cupcake car, first we of all. We are. This is... It, it is Richard Scarry's dream alive. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Do you want to guess for me... Yes. ...what you think the first basic cable channel to be transmitted via satellite was? So, originated on basic cable, and then they moved to satellite. Um, MTV. That's right. It was yeah? Pat Robertson's Christian Broadcasting oh, Network. No. <laughs> No, not Pat. It launched on April 29th, 1977, joining HBO and TBS in becoming the first national network that originated on basic cable. Now I'm getting in my cupcake car and driving away. No. Honk, honk. We're going somewhere good, I promise. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Stay on the freeway. Just a bunch of nerds in this guy. There's there's, there's some nerds, but it's going to get real cool. Okay, well, I don't trust you, a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a known nerd. <laughs> uh, so it, uh, the the satellite arm of CBN uh, gained 10.9 million households in viewership by 1981. Whoa. So people must be like, I can't get in satellites, huh? Yeah. Like left and they right. Were, they were getting into it. It was a wow. satellite age. Wow. Did you ever have a satellite in your house? <laughs> I don't know. We never. That was parent stuff. You. You would know if you had a little satellite up there, right? I don't think we did. Oh, okay. If you I did- didn't pay attention to a lot of no. stuff. I was busy repressing. <laughs> and that's one of the things you've obviously repressed. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We were a low low tech household. We had bunny ears until we moved I in like we grade just had two. like basic cable and then yeah. when I was in high school we got the all the cha- the the cable box with the big channels. With all of them. We spent an entire summer watching the Game Show Network, which oh, I don't regret. shit. <laughs> I didn't repress that, I tell you what. <laughs> Pat Sajak, my friend. Oh, boy. So the, the CBN satellite service actually uh, grew in popularity in, until 1991. It had to change its name because it became too profitable and was threatening what? the larger Christian Broadcasting Network's nonprofit status. <laughs> Isn't that always the problem? Isn't that always the way? So their new name. Yeah. Any ideas? MTV. <laughs> VH1. Well, well, of course, it was the Family Channel. <gasps> what? Yep. The Family Channel started out as Christian Broadcasting Network satellite arm. Oh, my God. That's not TLC now, is it? No, it's Freeform now. Oh, it's Freeform now. Okay. I remember watching the Family Channel, but not on satellite. Maybe at a friend's house I did. Mm. Wow. But uh, that is a very basic s- explainer on why the 700 Club airs on <gasps> Freeform for all you tweens out there. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, because they're savvy about that shit. <laughs> well, Those now they zoomers. are. Are they? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know anything. <laughs> I haven't interacted with a child in years. Really? You're lucky. <laughs> Boy, I'm thick with Zoomers. <laughs> 
Boy. God. <laughs> okay, so. So. Broadcast and cable channels are launching satellite arms, and satellite-only channels are thriving on showing tits, but no dong, because they're cowards. <laughs> we talked about that the last time. We did, yeah. Wow, yeah. tits but no dongs, you cowards. So it's the mid-1980s. Yeah. Sheena Easton is playing from the tinny radio of your used Chevy. Wow. As you tear down the broad asphalt of Interstate 40. In my cupcake car. And, is, <laughs> and as you pass a strip mall on the outskirts of Newport, Tennessee, oh. you leave in your dust the scrappy beginnings of a vital milestone of the satellite age. What? Tennessee entrepreneur Joe Overholt sensed a niche in his home region where satellite could thrive. Because here's the thing about broadcast television. Mm. It has one natural enemy. Hills. And buildings. <laughs> and tall trees. And also wet trees. And by the transfer of property, tall wet trees. <laughs> That's really funny. Those nerds can't do, can't do anything but a wet tree. <laughs> you get a wet tree, you're fucked. Oh, you can't watch man. your... What? Team? 700 Club. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say Murphy Brown and I. <laughs> Murphy Brown wasn't on satellite. No. It was on cable, yo. Anyways, East Tennessee has a lot of hills and in the early 80s, not a lot of broadcast reception or mm. cable because it was just starting to be late in 1980 and the rural flatland west of the Mississippi wasn't high on the priority list. Yeah, we got to get those folks there, Roseanne. Was <laughs> <laughs> Roseanne in the 80s or 90s? Yeah, it was Probably in the late 90s. 80s. Okay. So, My reference checks out. <laughs> so knowing that his neighbors in the volunteer state were looking for a way to watch the same stuff as their big city counterparts, mm. Overholt did what anyone would do. He started a television network. He tied a balloon to a satellite and put it way high up in the air. He started a television network. At first, the segments taped in the Newport strip mall were low-budget affairs. In aired- the strip mall? Yeah, he taped them in the strip wow. mall. Wow. Uh, they were aired over unused satellite transponders to people who had large satellite dishes installed. But Overholt soon pursued a more stable option, paid satellite distribution time. He what? joined the Knoxville-based Satellite TV Awareness Association, or STAA, a local S- lobby group intended to let people know about the burgeoning business of satellite TV and fight the negative stigma being spread by cable lobbyists who painted satellite TV viewers as pirates who stole programming. I feel like I'm missing out on a whole thing. Oh, yeah. There was satellite versus cable? Mm-hmm. I don't, never got that. Did you? No, because we weren't alive. Oh, yeah. I guess we weren't. I guess, did we, were we born into the world with that vibe? Uh, we, well, this is the early 80s. Okay, so, so no. By the time we were born, it was cable probably was there and, figured out. Okay. <laughs> Good. Another war we didn't have to deal with. <laughs> Uh, so the SCAA approached their local elected representatives to seek help spreading the signal, including one Al Gore. <gasps> He's here. <laughs> wow. Ow. Ow. We should have listened. Well. <laughs> We're fine. It's fine. It's not fine. Well. It's not fine. I don't think Al Gore was the savior of climate change. No, but I think he was saying it when a lot of people weren't paying attention. I know, but I don't think anyone paid attention to Al Gore. No, because he was Al Gore. He was a nerd. Exactly. So your whole energy in this episode is exactly the problem. (laughs) I caused global warming. Yes, it was all you. It was me and the jocks. (laughs) Me and my fellow jock, George W. Bush. You and the jocks fucked up that BP oil rig. (laughs) Oh, no. Joe Overholt's network was launched around the same time as its main rival, and while most are more familiar with his Floridian foe, the Shopping Channel, 
There are plenty who have a fond nostalgia for Overholt's Shop at Home Network. Oh my god. Wait. Hold on. Are they just saying, like, this is a cable station that everyone can use, and it's just the shopping channel? Satellite. It's not cable. Sorry, sorry, satellite. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to ruffle some Yeah, you should should apologize. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And and the, the answer to, like, hey, free TV is just come and buy things? It's not free TV. Or satellite. You gotta pay for the satellite dish. Oh, God. Yeah, you do. Don't you? Yeah. You pay for the satellite dish to watch TV that tells you to buy things. Oh, I hate it. Actually. (laughs) (laughs) As the network grew and changed hands, it developed a number of programs aimed at selling specific items like sports memorabilia, Mm. Beanie Babies, (gasps) and even that coveted prize of the Molgoth. Fucking cool swords. Wow. They're they're still kicking around today, hey? Mm -hmm. Selling their jewelry and stuff. Yeah. Wow. The Knife Collector's Show (gasps) was much like its shopping network contemporaries. Oh, my God. Not a smooth, jingle-heavy advertisement created in a Manhattan boardroom, but the advertising equivalent of an overworked, underpaid carnival barker. (laughs) I love this energy. Yes, I knew you would. Wow. Hosted by Tom O'Dell and Sean Leffler, this was the show to watch if you wanted a sword or knife of any size, of any <gasps> questionable cultural background, at absolutely bonkers pricing that could change by the second. Though, the boys over at BladeForums.com have some pretty strong questions about the quality. Al, did you go to the forums? I went to the forums. Oh, buddy. <laughs> 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 they, they have some strong opinions about this yeah, they think the Yeah, okay. they think the items on this show are not good quality. I was going to say, they're probably low quality, right? <laughs> How about, the, like, the swords at, like, a night market? Are they okay? No. What do- <laughs> Are they the same quality? Where do you buy your sword? Um, where does one buy a sword? Uh, the only reliable place that I would buy a sword is this one um, very cool trans blacksmith that a mm. mutual friend of ours bought uh, an extremely cool knife from. <laughs> um, and that's the only person I like would a trust. a blacksmith to, or a to, blacksmith? Yeah, that's who I would buy it. Specifically a trans person. blacksmith. Yeah. <laughs> We don't want any cis fucking knives around here. <laughs> we don't trust you. So nevertheless, a beloved touchstone for insomniacs and teenage mm-hmm. boys taking a quick break from watching softcore porn to avoid mm-hmm. wrist sprain. <laughs> um, many have fond memories of the Knife Collector's show, a fact proven by the 13-year spanning thread of nostalgic comments I read on some guy's blog. Wow. 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 <laughs> Those missing Odell's cutlery candor can find him on Twitter at the handle at the real knife guy, where you can let him know your thoughts on tweets like this. What if I made my own YouTube channel? Would you watch? Hashtag knife guy. Hashtag original knife guy. Hashtag the real knife guy. Hashtag Tom Odell. The real knife guy. Is there a fake knife guy? Is there a knife guy that he has a like qualms with? Maybe. I don't know. Tom Odell. He's not even, he doesn't even have that blue check. No. Oh, I'm seeing pictures of him. Yeah. He does not look like a guy who sells knives. Well, he does. Or he did. He looks like a nerd. Okay. <laughs> Every single tweet yeah. is hashtag... Hashtag. Hashtag. Hashtag the knife guy. Hashtag former host. Hashtag former knife guy. Hashtag real knife That's guy. That's a great Twitter feed. <laughs> it's just every... Oh, hashtag cutlery... I just... He, yeah. Every... Every single one, bud. Yeah. Branding. Oh, wow. Of course, there's one specific moment from the Knife Collector's show that internet denizens will be most familiar with. Hmm. One brought to mind by the classic phrase, the tip of that just got me, Odell. Oh, no. 
During a mid-2000s broadcast, co-host Leffler demonstrated the strength of a katana by swinging it down on the display stand, causing the tip of the definitely well-manufactured sword to break off and fly at his gut as the cameraman nervously panned to the product, cementing the place of the show and its hosts in the halls of mimetic memory. I think I have that in my bones. 1101-1816 is the item number on this one. And the nice thing about these practice katanas... Oh, oh, that hurt. Oh, that hurt big time. A piece of that just, the tip just got me, Odell. Oh, that got me good. You all right? A piece of that tip just got me. Oh, Folks, right now, we uh, may need emergency surgery in the studio. In a 1970 science fiction anthology called The Year 2000, John R. Pierce, a.k.a. J.J. Coupling, (laughs) was one of 12 (sighs) authors with a short story speculating on what they thought the new millennium might hold. I don't think this one would have made the cut. I'm going to give you so many swirlies after this. (laughs) It's going to be just incessant. So we are going to, we are, I have selected a one minute. (laughs) Oh, I guess it is like, I I was going to say they are ads. Yeah. They're just ads. The so shopping I, network is at. I have a four-hour feed that I have selected one minute of for us to watch. Is it gonna? Is there gonna be blood? Uh, no, no. This isn't the 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 meme part. But I will show Fine. you. Fine, you gotta show me that. Though I will show you that. But right now we're just talking about the straight up what the show was. Okay, good. Um, and this link is in the episode description and in our sources, so you can watch too. Uh, you have to watch all four hours no, of it. It'll start at the correct time code, but you can watch as much or as little as you prefer. <laughs> I don't have a choice. Uh, at the start, so at the start of this segment, these guys say that they have basically been awake for 36 hours <gasps> and then proceed to do the show for two hours. Oh, I'm really excited. <laughs> this is a good get. We'll return after these messages. Now, a lot of folks are still dialing in on my birthday bash. Folks, do get your orders placed on that. It's a remarkable value. Use our stretch pay method, if at all possible. Now, Sean, if you would, Flash the wall. we've had uh, so many requests about the stuff on the wall. I'm going to step out of your way and let you go through okay. that. We're going to start over there where Mr. Odell just left from with the Attila the Hun. And we'll do it just like we did it last time, real quick flash on these, because we've got an item that we have to get to here, and it's going to be a quick two-minute special. Attila the Hun is going to start us off here. Here it is right here, sort of a till of the hunt. It's on stretch bay at 229. This is a complete handmade item out of Toledo, Spain. Antique silver finish, 24 karat gold on this one. And we're talking about a piece that weighs approximately 12 to 13 pounds. Very, very heavy. Is what I'm trying to get across here. Now, it does have a very uniquely styled blade on this one, a sawback design, blood groove that goes halfway down it. You were talking over, it's about 56 inches in overall length. I love the sawback design. You can see the blood groove, high mirror polish finish on this one. It is 420 J2 stainless steel on this one. Handmade, sort of a till of the hun. If you're interested in that one, dial in now. Remember, that's about 56 inches and 12 solid pounds. Welcome back to the show. I know I was making fun of it, but I kind of want to see what other cool swords they got. They got a lot of swords. Wow. They got a lot of swords. They had that Tennessee accent, Tom Odell. Yeah. He's got that very good, that draw. He's got the, the twang. The twang. So here's the thing. Bree used to like 30 second ads, right? Yeah. Where you got to get everything out. 
They, it's like they are doing a 30 second ad every 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, 100% about a different sword about, or knife. About a different sword or knife. And I, they had so many. They had a lot and then they just keep pulling them out. And then they'll have ones where it's like this giant display piece that has like 50 different knives stuck in it and you can get it for like $200. Well, oh, this one was two payments of two, two ninety nine. Yeah. They got lots of different kinds. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. (laughs) They got like Bowie knives and katanas and they got all your regulars. So in the forums, were there people who had bought those knives? Or just saying like they they saw them at a trade show or something and they were like, oh, they were there at a trade show, huh? Well, the the original forum post I read was like, I saw these jokers at a trade show and I don't even know what they were doing there. Oh my God. (laughs) I like this forum. (laughs) Okay, so you got two down-home folks, and they are selling just the most gaudy of all night, <laughs> like, big swords. It was the Attila the Hunt sword, mm-hmm. and there was two easy payments of 20, I think it was 29, no, it was 299. Two, 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 oh, 229. 229. So that's a lot of money for a sword. Handmade in Spain. Handmade in Spain. He's touching the sword. We're getting this gratuitous shot of the sword it looks cool i'd buy it <laughs> now i'm a sword guy thanks oh no but I, like so that shot i just assumed it was that shot and then it was next minute is a new, new yeah. sword wow they and they had to go for hours yeah that's incredible wow it is and they're not doing it anymore is the shop at home network still going uh the shop at home network got purchased by another i think it just like changed hands over time again okay. and again and then eventually tom odell left shop at home and moved on to a show called cutlery corner uh-huh. uh, which he was on for a long time and then confirmed on twitter that he was no longer at cutlery corner and oh. not by his own choice Ooh. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> hashtag the real knife guy wow um, <laughs> are we tagging him in on this one i think we got it <laughs> we tom we're it. big fans <laughs> tom thank you for all you do you're not a nerd we i would not give you a swirly now, with the fall of cable and satellite, I don't think I don't think these guys are going to survive. Yeah, so I mean, it's twenty twenty one. Everything's digital. Everything's streaming. Everything's streaming. Everything is streaming now. I don't. You know what? I think you have to release the beast. I think it has to be like free streaming. I think Netflix has to pull pull the trick. Well, Netflix isn't free. Damn. I think you need the shopping shop at home network to just be free. Free pie, like on on the TV, you go to a website and it's free. A free opportunity to spend yeah. money. Yeah, exactly. I watch this. It's like I don't know. I would call this the opposite of um, Bob Ross. Yeah, or Bob Ross is very soothing. Mm-hmm. If I had something to do and I needed to get like my guns going, I'd watch these guys because they just have the worst anxiety-inducing energy of all. <laughs> it's so true. They're like they got to get to the next thing. They got to move through. They yeah. got to make that money. They might have quotas. I don't know. Uh, so they're just they're just trying to move it along. But now we're gonna bring back Tom because mm-hmm. he's obviously committed. But I don't want to sell knives anymore. Okay. Because I think knives are cool, but I just think you are going to pigeonhole yourself into a certain audience. Yeah, I think that's fair. And that certain audience maybe won't go on the internet to watch the streaming free service. Yeah, you got to broaden your horizons. You do. And what can you sell that's really going to get you a lot of attention, but has the variety of sorts and knives? You know what I'm thinking about. I think I know what you're thinking about. Dildo! Yeah, boy! And vibes. And, and vibes, yeah. Just like, and then, you know, it's basically the same business it's of displaying the, them. I, you show the different speeds. 
It is the exact same process. Yeah. These guys, they're wearing the same polo shirts. They've got the same display cases. Mm -hmm. They have everything. But instead of the Attila the Hen the sword, it's Attila the Hen the double-ended dildo. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, at Christmas time, it's like here we got our special bad dragon reindeer. We got the uh, with the red, white, and green silica molding. Wow! Uh, you know that you can you'll you'll be um, you'll be dancing and dashing and prancing uh, with this guy. And then they're moving on. And then they're moving and on. And then they're moving and then on. It's on to the next thing. Wow! And then it's the same kind of payment system because dildos are expensive. They are y'all. expensive because wow. they, you know they're nicely crafted. They have got you know, and I think I think. We need to start getting dildos that we are okay to display on a mantelpiece. Because sometimes you spend that much money for it to be buried in you. No. Yeah. No. I mean, I got it. What? I got to have a glass case with all my butt plugs. <gasps> wow. Oh, a glass case with all your glass butt plugs. <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. Love it. I think that's what we got to bring Tom back to do. I think so. so Tom, gonna, let gonna, us know if you're in. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to tweet at Tom and see. I mean, why not? Hey, you could be hashtag the real dildo guy. <laughs> Tom, we will make you a star. Buddy, they let you go. Tom, we don't have any money. <laughs> the money comes rolling in when Tom gets on the floor with a sack full of dildos. Um, Tom, here's the thing. We heard that someone, the knife community betrayed you. And we're going to hear, be here welcoming you into the queer dildo community. <laughs> and with open arms. <laughs> with arms wide open, as Creed says. Oh, wow. I brought it back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woof. Anyway, that's 2021. That's what we're going to do. That's I, I love it. I think mm-hmm. I'm totally on board. Yeah. If you are also on board, friends, and you like this episode and you enjoyed this um, journey down nerdum, you survived the nerd shit, <laughs> the nerd gauntlet. Oh, <laughs> Al did like a snake like movement with their body. And I cannot... You didn't like it. I didn't... I just... (laughs) (laughs) I gotta end this podcast soon. You wanna do a local ad? Okay, because I gotta go to Hot Topic in like 10 minutes. Oh, boy. Please, yes, serve me a hot local ad. Okay. Well, this is not... uh, You know, I had Tom O'Dell's feed and also the Newman Marcus <laughs> cupcake car uh, cars on my feed. So this actually comes from our listener, Daryl, local ad from Michigan. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Daryl. Yeah, you're a bud. Um, hey, Alan Courtney, I couldn't find the ad I just saw on TV. This is a freesh one. Ooh. Daryl. But you pull and save, which, thank heavens, is about auto parts. Well, <laughs> has other ads online. I offer you a local ad that definitely borders on copyright violation. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. We love every time Daryl um, sends us an ad, and we love if anyone would send us an ad, you can send us an ad at adcreeps at gmail.com. Yeah. You ready to watch it? Let's do it. Let's see a treat. Your long search is over. Your treasure has been found. The cost, minimal. The reward, epic. You pulled, you saved. You pulled and saved. And now, back 
Wowie, wow, wow, wow. Short and sweet and oh, perfect. Oh, boy. Yeah, keeps sending us just a banger after banger after banger. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Uh, uh, this is You Pull and Save. Yeah. Uh, you wow. Pull, uh, the Indiana Jones uh, creative product and save I yourself guess, I the guess. effort of thinking your own stick. I the only thing that was vaguely Indiana Jones is okay, there are two guys. They're wearing hats. They're wearing hats. They were not Indiana Jones hats. Um they were just hats. Yeah. They were brown hats. As hats sometimes are. And they are work at a you pull and save. And I guess have you ever been to like one of these I no. guess no. And it's just like a car place and it's just a bunch of wrecked cars and if you need like a headlight you can go get one i mean you're a jock so you would know more about this yeah i am a jock and a car guy so (laughs) um i used to just go with my dad a lot my dad's a car guy your dad's also a jock yeah (laughs) i would not call my dad a jock. (laughs) he flies rc planes (laughs) y'all um yeah and it seems like so this these guys had hats there was vaguely Indiana Jones music. Well, he did the swap. And he did this. That was the only thing, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. If you're going to, okay. If you're going to do an Indiana Jones motif, what you want to do is you want to do the closing door hat, you know. Yeah, 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 grab yeah. the hat. Or you want to do the whip. There was no maybe, whips. Maybe a, like, why'd it have to be? Cars. Cars. Why'd you have to pull? And save. Yeah, see, we're really punching this one up. <laughs> Uh, and we yeah, don't no even snakes. have to do this for local ads. This we don't free. even have to. It's free for you. Um, also, what else does the Indiana Maybe Jones like this, do? the little puff, the, the, you know, on the ride is puffs of air, but it's yeah. supposed to be like little arrows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like little... you, you know that Indiana Jones was a movie before it was a ride, right? I'm aware. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been on the ride twice, yes. so that's more visceral in my oh, memory. I love that ride, man. Disneyland. <laughs> when oh. you go under the boulder. Fuck me. Actually, I won't say. Okay. I was going to go real Disneyland nerd, and you don't actually go under the boulder. The boulder goes under over you. It's the same thing. Anyway, it's, it's really the same thing. It's it's the same thing. But you know how it feels like you're backing up? You're not actually moving. Isn't that cool? But, okay, if the boulder <laughs> goes over you, ergo, you go under the boulder. But like you're not moving. It doesn't, that's not, okay. it doesn't matter. It's the same. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It turned into Disneyland talk. We, we just. Thank you for <sighs> your pull and save. Thank um, you. We're going to pull and save in your honor. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to yeah. this week's show. If you enjoyed it, hey, consider giving us a five stars yeah. on Apple Podcasts uh, and or and or and slash or tell a friend that this is a thing that you enjoy if you think they might enjoy it, too. Yeah, that's happened to a couple folks who have actually downloaded our entire plethora of episodes and really liked us. Yeah. And hey, maybe if you like it, your friends might, too. Unless you have bad friends. Well, that's not Unless you have friends who are a bunch of nerds. Okay, but nerds will probably like this. Ugh, I hope not. Are we making nerd stuff? Yeah, but you, we were, we gotta oh, have a real talk God. about this whole toxic joxicity thing you have going on. <laughs> I'm not toxic. <laughs> Me? Okay, until next time, we are signing off.
Bears weren't my spouse. I won't give you a swirly. Thank you.